Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Swinging from the Hip and Aaron's in the background going, Paul, you said I was hosting today. Um, absolutely, I did. But hey, you know what? I'm just so used to doing this kind of stuff that uh, I've just, um, yes, I've just jumped straight in. Don't forget, folks. Um, that we come to you Monday, 8 a.m., 8 a.m., no, 8 p.m., oh. every single week. See, I can't even, uh, I should I should rather do it because I'm useless. Um, all this practice, I always get it wrong. But what we're going to talk about this evening, obviously, we've got the um, New Zealand-Pakistan um, uh, test, the Australian-India test, and also the South African-Sri Lankan test matches going on. So there's three test matches to talk about. Also, we've had um, two rounds of the... Um, uh, of the uh, Super Smash over the last couple of days. Uh, so we'll um, have a look in on that one there as well. Um, the Wellington in particular going strong in the first couple of games. Um, so, yes, and uh, I'll bring him in now. Good evening, Aaron. How are you doing? Good evening and um, compliments of the festive season to you all out there in the, um, into Web land and to you, Paul, as well. So, are you ready? Everyone's enjoyed a good Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We won't get into that. We won't get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear me. Um, So, so, um, so, yeah, look, let's let's talk about a game that that we've both seen a bit of um, and start off with Australia versus India. Um, yeah, look, um, obviously we all know what happened in the first test and then we've started off on um, with the second test here in, in Aussie um, in, in Melbourne in front of, a, I guess, a capacity crowd um, which are allowed under our modern conditions, which is about 30,000, is it? So, um, yeah, it's a little bit unusual because the MCG Boxing Day test match, you know, you you get ready for the first ball, you log yourself down, sit yourself down, get your beer ready, got your snacks out next to you, and it's looking out for a crowd of about, you know, 80,000, 90,000 people. But, whoa, nope, nope, not there. But, hey, <laughs> cut that out. None of that stuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> but there's, there's still a lot better off than a lot of countries um, around the world over there in yeah, Australia. Absolutely. Getting a, what, 
is it about third full or something like that? It's, um, but yeah, decent, a de decent number, really. Oh, yeah, look, hey, you, you know, you can't, obviously, we can't complain. It's, it is what it is, and we we uh, move on from that. So, yeah, look, um, was it, uh, we had, uh, well, now I'm just thinking, well, brain's gone brank. Um, <laughs> India sent him to bat to the... No, I'll show you about it first. Sorry, um, yeah, that's right. I was Aussie, Australia batted first, um, and yeah, look, got bowled out for was it one ninety one? One ninety five. Oh, I, mean, I was close. I was close. All but bowled out for one ninety five. Um, top score. The person whose name I cannot say. Um, there are just far too many letters uh, in there for me as a dyslexic person to try and read it. But um, <laughs> the minus uh, minus slubbish. Minus Lovashin, that's one. Um, yeah. With uh, top score with forty-eight off one hundred and thirty-two balls, really not some um, not when you not when you're recognising this day and age of twenty twenty stuff. That was a real slow innings, but even so, yeah. the only guy to really stick around. Yeah, which um, is you know um, a contrast from where the first test ended. Obviously, where you know we had Australia in the in the back and struggling against a. Um, Quite a few changes made by India on in that for the team, obviously. Um, Captain Coley gone back home for paternity leave. Injury to Mohammed Shami, the number two bowler with a broken arm. So we had a debutante and um, young fella called Siraj. Um, and then a few other changes also made due to form in that uh, young uh, debut for young Shobam Gill. And then we had... Uh, Ravi Jadida, Jadida coming in. <laughs> and, yeah, so a few changes there. But, um, look, the, yeah, the, I don't think it was – the pitch seemed, didn't seem that difficult. Well, that on, uh, talk, talk, talking of pitches, and you said with that spinner involved, let's bring our own spinner in. Um, Toronto, uh, how are you doing? Oh, and it seems yeah. like you can't hear it. Okay, well, we'll wait till Toronto can actually hear us, but oh. um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah, uh, as you say, missing their second number two bowler, uh, bringing in um, Dejeja um, late uh, uh, there. Um, uh, he, he got the, um, he got the, final, the final wicket. Um, but um, Jasprit um, Bumrah with that four, uh, four wickets in the first innings really led the way of, uh, for, for the bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Desperate when we're showing the class bowler that he is, you know, coming providing the Aussies with lots of uh, difficulties. And even um, what I saw from the new guy, Siraj, he he seemed to bowl really well, you know, coming in on his debut. And he, he seemed to be really good there. Um, that, you know, proving difficult for the Aussies to get away. Then obviously we had the offspin of um, Ashwin. Uh, and as well, sorry, I always have to give when I say that because <laughs> Ashwin, you know, as we know, Ashwin's got a lot of spin, um, but <laughs> but not but not on the pitch. Um, and we also have Taz no, 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 yeah, yeah, a lot of spin, but yeah. not on the pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, ah, look, it's like we're getting a full house in here, Paul. So, we're getting our experts so people don't have to listen to us babble on. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, so, so Taz, I mean, with those changes for India, what do you think? Do you think they have chances of going to be in? They got some trouble going into this test, or, 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 or they performed as you thought they might do. I guess, like with the opener, um, Gill is considered a good batsman on the back foot, um, so he can play a horizontal bat shots, and he's quite fearless. So I thought that was a very good selection there. Um, always sort of, um, yeah, not too sure if India playing two spinners, but to be fair, both their spinners have got a, you know, between them probably got half a dozen test centuries, you know. So I think, I personally think it's good playing Jadeja um, because what he offers, you know, and uh, this time of the summer where you kind of uh, the test match will go to the fifth day and that's when you probably need him. So I think it's, uh, personally, I was, uh, Gil, I really wanted him to play. <laughs> Uh, from what I've seen over the years, under 19 World Cup, he was here, and uh, yeah, because he wasn't like a like a sort of a big name three years ago, but Pitsby sure was, you know. So I think in that contest, uh, sort of Gill got his chance quite late, but he's made, I mean, he's done okay first innings. So, so does Asia more more of an all rounder actually picking up, as you say, a half cent, half century in this one, and also a couple of wickets? Yes, yes, and look, I mean, he's got two. Or maybe three triple hundreds in first class cricket as a batsman. So obviously he's, yeah. So he's he's more than handy as a batsman. The only thing is like when they go out of subcontinent, that's where sort of you don't know how they'll bat. But again, like you know, I think um, most uh, like Jadeja as well, quite flamboyant and plays all the shots. And in Australia, you need a batsman like that, you know, that who can play shots, especially where he's batting. So uh, yeah, I don't know what Taron thinks, but <laughs> I thought that was a good inclusion. <laughs> yeah. I think we we might be struggling with Taron. I'm not sure he can hear us. Oh, he can hear us. I can, we can, I can. Hear. And we can hear you too. That's good. There we go. Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, I can cool. now. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, we're just having a quick chat about the um, India and Australia test match going on at the moment. We thought, we thought we'd start off there. Um, yeah. Obviously, I've just, I've just walked into the show with one over remaining in the day's play for today. And yeah. Obviously, India are in, in a very strong position. Um, we've covered off the Aussie first innings, 195. Yeah. Um, Umrah doing his thing and showing the class he is, you know. And then yeah. Ashwin obviously there as well. And that and the Aussies just not being able to cope with the um, with Umrah or, or Ashwin, it seemed, in the first innings. Mm. No, it's, um, yeah, they did pretty, bowl pretty well, though, like... If you look at the three innings, Indian bowling has probably stood up. And it's probably, barring that 45 minutes or one hour, whatever that was, India's probably dominated the rest of the three and a half days of cricket that's been played. So, yeah, no, it's no surprises there. But um, quite, a, um, say, quite a ballsy move to pick Jadeja as an all-rounder knowing Kohli was gone. So, yeah, you've got to give credit to Rahane and the team management, I think, to be, to actually go with a, not a bit part cricketer, but a J all-rounder and to free up some of your batting, having been bowled out for 36 is quite brave and shows how much confidence they probably have in their own ability and except that it was just a one-off bad 45 to an hour, you know. So now it's good. It was good to see them and then them to actually score runs as well. 
Yeah, it's good to see the captain uh, Rahani step up and score a century. Um, I saw him batting along with um, Jadeja, and they, you know, they had a pretty good partnership going. And obviously, at the start with Shogun Shaban Gill coming in, and he looked pretty good, you know, um, for the sporty odd that he scored as well. Um, didn't look out of place, did he? What do you reckon, Taz? Well, I mean, I was talking about him before, like, you know, yeah. and I said, well, he's, he, he's, a decent, he's a good batsman off the back foot. Yeah. Uh, he plays horizontal bat shots, like, I think, fearlessly. And you in Australia, you probably need that. Like, you know, if you can't put away those, then you, you're not going to score any runs, you know? So, but yeah. I think he's, I, I was talking earlier as well that he was, he wasn't like a child prodigy, like, you know, pretty, pretty sure. So he kind of, he got his chance. He earned it, you know, for yeah. like, you know, last two, three years. And, um, and just fearless, and I think that's it's a good that he, he got to go. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's one innings, and it's not. Yeah, like I, yeah, I'm. I hope I'm wrong, but and the way I see it with him is, I just wonder. I I wasn't convinced that he gets behind the ball enough. He was far too alongside it, and I reckon in New Zealand, England, he'll just get nicked off. Someone like Bolt and yeah. Saudi will nick him off. He doesn't actually get behind the ball. He gets alongside the ball quite a bit for an opener. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, I, that's the only. I mean, I really liked the way he batted. He looked more assured and like looked a lot. Again, pretty sure there was one innings he faced what a total of six balls or whatever. It's nothing to compare to, but he just looked much more composed than sure. But as a regular opener in the long run. Overseas, I'm not sure if he's the man. Australia, yes, but I'm not sure England and New Zealand if he can do that. It's yeah. funny. I was I, I spent some time with Ijaz Ahmed a couple of days ago in Hamilton, like just having a chat, and he was watching him bat. And he said, like you know, um, like he was playing the spinner or against the spinner. And he said, well, you know, for an Indian, he doesn't have a great technique to play spin. <laughs> but I guess, oh, yeah, like, yeah. And, like the way he was batting, like you know, he said you have to bat ahead of the pad. You know, yeah. Like, to survive that, like, you know, short leg and all that stuff. And he said for an yeah. Indian, he doesn't look like he's got a great technique, but oh, he yeah. looks quite comfortable, you know. So I guess, as you said, he kind of um, maybe just just plays with confidence and plays his shots, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, to play your shots, you have to kind of get alongside it to get your hands through it. Right? And maybe that's yeah. his right. That's yeah. his scoring areas, possibly. Yeah, and, yeah, the so, guy... The guy who impressed me the most, like 100%, I was telling this to my dad this morning, maybe because he's from Hyderabad as well, but <laughs> he looked so polished and composed was Bihari. Bihari, yeah. Till he got out, the bat was so straight, so solid, so compact. Like, that's what you want. He was like a poor man's Lakshman till he got yeah. out. And, the, and that same over, the way he was toying with, for three balls with Nathan Lyon, and you hear... Somebody in the commentary box goes, that's how old school Indians play spin. Like traditional Indian, that's how real Indian batters play spin. Like he was going, he was sweeping, he was using his feet, he's making you go away. And then he was cutting till he had that little rush of blood. And yeah, I thought he looked the best. And as a fan, you want to see an opener look like that. And I know two years ago, he opened, right? Yeah. For India. And he soaked up a lot of balls, allowed Pujara to get in a little later and all that happened. You almost need that again, but yeah, yeah I, I was quite. I, quite, I really enjoyed watching him for those fifty odd balls. 
Excellent. Yeah, that's good. So, obviously, India um, totaled 326, I think, in their first um, first innings, got bowled out. And then we've got Australia in their second innings. Um, I think I'm not sure what they ended up with, but it's 122 for six. So they're just trailing, I think, maybe by three runs or so. Yeah. Um, not many wickets in hand and plenty of time left. So it obviously a great chance for India to ram home the advantage um, tomorrow and maybe wrap the wrap this test up and, you know, bring a little bit of uh, confidence and that back into the team going into the next test, wherever that is. So, I think, yeah, the wickets seem to be shared around today, though Ashwin seems, from what I saw, just the last few bits and bobs, um, pretty, yeah, it looks like it could be very dangerous. And obviously the bounce is just maybe varying a little bit, as you'd expect as the pitch wears in that. So, yeah, do you guys been able to catch up with anything today? Taz, you are saying that it's going to go to five days. Um, therefore, you have, you have your two spinners. Um, <laughs> I, I, you, you, you're, you're standing by that comment you made earlier? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like you know, generally, like you know, Melbourne is a, is a sort of you, you get five days out of a Boxing Day Test match in Australia. I mean, like Melbourne generally after day one is a decent batting track. So, I guess like whatever they did, but they kind of took the punt with two spinners. And uh, but I mean, as I said earlier, like you know, both can bat. You know, uh, I think Ashwin's got a couple of Test centers, if maybe maybe more than two. Mm-hmm. And same with Jareja. Mm-hmm. So I guess like although they played two spinners, but both are like capable batsmen. I mean, between, the two of them, between the two of them, you'd expect them to average 40 with the bat. Probably more, yeah. Between the 40. two of them, you know, as yeah. one batter. So they'd yeah. equate to one good batter, one good test batter, I think. Yeah. Or one and so, one one and a bit. So are there demons in this pitch? I mean, is, is this not a traditional pitch, or is it just that the Australians just aren't knuckling down and aren't batting properly? I think it just shows the quality of bowling from both sides. That's, and, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Eh? The, the bowlers in both teams have really stood out, haven't they? Yeah. And you could ask, I don't know, have they trained enough with this biosecure bubbles? And have, they haven't hit a lot of balls. They've just been coming out of an IPL to here. So there are other variables that come into play that may be dropping the standard of batsmanship that looks like it's affected fielding because they probably just don't have the volume. Yeah. You've seen catches dropped a lot. Yeah, yeah. Australia dropped uh, was it about five, four or five catches yesterday, which is just you know for them that's and not some of them weren't that difficult from what I hear. I didn't see them unfortunately, but um, yeah, that's that's just way below their standard, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, what do you reckon, Tesla? What do you think, sir? Um, what's standing out because for the low scores and stuff? Yeah, I, I think it's obviously low scores got to do with batting as well as bowling. Yeah, so yeah. you can say that like the bowlers are accurate, but the batting and their temperaments because all of a sudden when you're playing shorter formats, you like bat on ball, you know, yeah. and that's sort of like you know, you want to feel the ball on the bat, whereas obviously test cricket is completely opposite, you know. Um, so keeping that in mind, I think a lot of T20 cricket and lack of Longer format probably doesn't yeah. help. I mean, I've yeah. seen uh, teams on difficult tracks, like more difficult tracks, and scoring more runs because 
you have to survive to you know obviously go big but i think it's um, i mean like as as you said like you know i mean vihari faced what but i think 81 balls so there are batsmen who are still like who can still bat long but mm. uh, if you're playing a lot of t20s your recent muscle, muscle memories about bat and ball and yeah. just that doesn't help i think yeah it's just um, an interesting question guys from simon hughes um in the in the chat room asking is it a benefit to new zealand if india win or Aust- would it be better for australia to beat india for new zealand for the test you know for the um test championship we got any answers to that my take is australia i think yeah i, I, think I haven't studied yeah. the stats i don't know yeah i haven't sort of sorry simon i haven't studied the stats well enough to see exactly what the breakdown is hey but that probably gives us a chance to move along and talk about obviously what we're um, locally here where we've had um the first test between pakistan and new zealand obviously get underway and man we we're seeing some to me we're seeing a really good test match in aren't we it's it's hard well the two words stand for themselves in a test match and that's we're finally seeing it aren't we yeah um, I mean, look i mean uh, how new zealand batted like day one was yeah. like you know just batted time and just like sort of you know i mean again like it was just uh just a brief chat with ijaz ahmed like pakistan a batting coach and he was the saying same thing that they you know they kind of like leave the pitches slightly underprepared or not underprepared but there's a bit of spongy bounce early on and new zealand batsmen can play late and sort of you know they know how to bat on it um so i think like keeping that in mind new zealand with the slow scoring rate like run per over was pretty around two most of like two third of the day but they kind of batted time and then second day they kind of uh, saw the sort of you know their hard work paid off with the you know amount of runs they scored um i don't think pakistan bowled badly um they probably could have been better but um new zealand just batted so well and obviously a few drop catches in between so yeah look i, I think you know obviously for new zealand the um two normal candidates stood up um with the bat the uh the old the old veteran shall we say Ms. Ross, Roscoe Taylor, and then um, the, um, the gun in the team, um, Kane Williamson, you know, doing what he does best. And, you know, another test century under his belt, number 23, and good par- partnerships with Taylor. And then with um, Nichols, who's showing a bit of form, he came out and he's, they've, they've put together a good partnership there again. And a few little partnerships right through the batting order, which allowed them to get over that. 400 mark in the first innings um again you know as i i think i agree with you, so I don't think Pakistan bowl that badly in fact um they look more impressive to me than the west indies bowling attack did you know that's um, not out yeah well, yeah yeah which which is you know which is i mean um i you know personally i would have i i expected more from the west indies attack um when they were here yeah. but hey um well yeah, I think it just shows how good this Pakistani attack is, and the young young guys as well, aren't they? You know, at least one of or two of them are <laughs> Nasim Shah yeah. and Shaheen Shafridi. Look, yeah. I mean, Shaheen Shah he bowled thirty six overs. I don't know how he's going to back that up now when they have to bowl again, because they've obviously avoided the follow on. He's going to have to bowl. He's going to be looking at possibly fifty overs minimum for the game. 
that's going to be quite hard on the body. So you've got to wonder if he's going to play the next test. But on their bowling attack, you have them two down for 13. And we talked about this on the show about six months ago, I think, when Pakistan were playing previously. Nassim Shah is not worth it, man. He's cost you, he's cost Pakistan this test match, in my opinion. You're the first change bowler. You, the opening pair, got them, picked them two for 13. I, yeah, Sohel Khan would have strung together a lot more consistent balls in the right area on that wicket, all that was needed then. I don't think Nassim Shah was the right pick. There's an obsession with him, which is fine. I hope it pays off, but nah, not a good selection, um, selection pick, Taz. Yeah, look, I'm going to... Just... some stats for that. Three wides and five no balls. No one else bowled more than one wide or one no ball. I mean, that's just poor, isn't it? this level? Yes, yeah. And he, I mean, I, I went to Fungara as well to watch the four-day game against New Zealand A, and he's he's not looking as fit as he was when he toured Australia last year, or like what we have seen in the past. So I think, I don't know if it's lack of cricket over the last few months, or just just being unfit, or not being, not, not unfit, but just not being test match fit. Because there's your fitness, but there's your test match fitness where, you, you know, you've got to be up for it. Um, and I agree with Taron, like obviously they had option of playing Sohail Khan as well, um, who is like a workhorse, like he's not like express, but I mean, Nassim Chah was bowling around 135Ks anyway, so that's a similar pace, but the, the Sohail Khan is like, you know, he bowls his heart out and is more experienced, more accurate, so I think where we obviously gave away after getting them two down early, um, but I mean, Kane, between Kane and... Um, Ross Taylor, I mean, they batted 75 overs. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, but if you're bowling, like, 75 overs to those two, you know, yeah. you, you don't have much luck, you know, in a test match, you know, because, I mean, Ross Taylor is a free-scoring batsman, but that was probably one of his slowest innings, um, yeah. you know, at the conditions yeah. and, obviously, the situation of the game. But uh, And Kane Williamson just plays it so late that, you know... Uh, isn't that all the more reason, though? Like you'd get, like you're saying, you know, they're two good, two great players. So your window of opportunity is very small. So you, on, have, if you don't get them early on, yeah. you don't have a chance. Your window of opportunity is very small, which means your bowlers have to be on the money. Your opening bowlers have given an opening. They've done their part. Your next two have to turn up and play. That's where I think he's let himself down. And then Fahim Ashraf did his job. Exactly yeah. that. But And Yasser Shah probably could have come in earlier. Yes. All I know, they got probably got caught up in this green wicket and stuck with seam. I reckon, like you look at Ashwin in the test in Melbourne. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Right? Yeah. Here you've got to, if it's, you know, Bruce Martin, who played a bit of test cricket for New Zealand and played a lot for Indy, first class veteran, he always used to say, if it seems it spins, yeah. you know, so you pretty much want to get your spinner into the game early and not chase it. After these guys are set, it would have been a different story. Taylor against Spin early on. Early on, yes, yeah. Now, yeah. I've just pulled up Nassim Shah's stats. You turned, you know, as you're saying, he was fitter in Australia and he's probably not as fit now. Even considering his best fitness, he's seven matches, 16 wickets. And one match he's got five for. Seven matches, 16 wickets is not a lot. If you look at uh, Mohammed Abbas or who's on 20 matches, 80 wickets. 
You know, it's a big, big difference. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't think he's a finished product. I mean, obviously they're investing in him, but um, there's kind of like you know, you don't want to put your test match at stake. You know, <laughs> when yeah, you, you can't lose sight of what's in front of you in trying to invest yeah. in the future. You can invest I mean, if you got Wasim and Wakar as yeah. your other two seamers. You can invest in a young guy. Yeah, and I know what you mean. I mean, I was talking to the Pakistan A bowling coach, he's a friend of mine, Rahul Sakar, about an hour ago, and he was saying the same that that the, the guys, young guys coming to Pakistan team, most of them haven't played more than 10 or 20 first class games, you know, so they kind mm. of don't have that, you know, like back in the day when like Wazim and Wakar, one of them risk, a guy comes in, but he's probably taken 200 first class wickets, you know, so they come yeah. with enough experience or enough bowling volume under their belt. Yeah. Whereas uh, nowadays, like kind of they're pushing the guys early. I guess like it's probably uh, desperation or it could be lack of, um, you know, lack of quality pace bowlers coming through, which is strange saying that coming from Pakistan. But I guess there has to be a reason that they're investing in uh, Nasim Shah as much as they are. How much of that is looking for the silver bullet? You know, you're looking for the magic pill instead of just, you know, having a system. How much is that a bit of a lack of direction, you know, strategic planning as to, hey, look, we can get X amount of years out of so-and-so in the next two years while we build up our market, you know, our marketability and our brand as a Pakistan cricket team. And under the radar, we've got these boys coming through, we'll build them up and we're going to transition them over a two to three year period, looking at the next World Cup and a series here, a series there. How much yeah, is that I mean, a lack of it? Yeah, I guess like it's one of it's, it's that and on top of that, this, the other thing is like the PSL coming through and uh, a lot of focus has been on the shorter format and mm. the guys are making their names in shorter formats and then go on to play, you know, test cricket sometimes like <laughs> and on, on the back of playing good T20 series or, or one or two. So I think um, that probably um, I was just, I was talking to the guy like, you know, was bowling coach of Pakistan and you know, just just his his thoughts were like, that sort of distract a lot of bowlers because mm. eventually you want to make a living out of it. So, I mean, you, know, you would rather make a living out of it from a shorter format where you can mm. earn more money, less chances of injuries. And uh, so I think the focus has changed a lot, even down to the club cricket, because we used to have two-day club cricket or day-and-a-half club cricket. But it's all done down to shorter formats. A lot of clubs just play T20s, you know? Really? <laughs> so I think, yeah, so wow. it's just gone that sort of um, that route where... The PSL is the big show, and just everyone wants to play that, you know. Yeah. I mean, which is a shame, but I guess like um, pros and cons of both. But I mean, you you got to have some, um, like like Mohammad Amir is a good example. Like you know, he's he's, I mean, he's got the skill, but he didn't have the desire to play Test cricket to look mm. after his body. So you know, it's kind of uh, it's a shame that like obviously T Twenty cricket is not helping uh, Pakistan sort of um, at least in Test cricket. Oh, it's, I, I, I think they, I, wouldn't you say a lot of that falls at the feet of the selectors who we would expect uh, learned people that understand how the games work, etc. And they don't get caught up in the hype of the PSL and the purity of test cricket. And not, not everyone can transfer those skills from T20 to test cricket. Like, yes, there's only David Warner did it successfully, but not everyone can do it as successfully. Yeah, I think selection is a different different topic. Oh, Paul. No, no, no it's, 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 it's
Um, we've seen those a couple of unofficial tests between Pakistan A and uh, and New Zealand A. Now, is that just a COVID thing? And they brought a big a big squad, or is that them actually realising they've not got enough first class cricket uh, first class cricket going on at home? So they they are taking they are trying to give their players a bit more experience that way. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both because if you remember, West Indies brought a bigger squad as well. So I think that's probably the thing on the go these days that, you know, that's the only way they will, you will give your A-teams to travel because in, in past A-teams would travel by themselves on tours and stuff. Yep. A, and the, the second thing is like Pakistan A beat New Zealand A in Fungaray in a four-day game. Um, but five of those guys are playing for test team today or, you know, this test match. So I think they've got uh, both the squads together. So it's almost like now the A team is carrying the T20 specialist or the shorter form specialist and right. the test team is carrying the... So I think it's a instead of bringing a test team and a, like a, you know, they just brought everyone together and some young guys just to experience and then yes. some guys generally considered for the selection for white ball and, and test match. I think it's mm. just a, a way to for warm-up games, isn't it, and get guys used to conditions, like you say, for the test matches and that. That's why they start. Also, if you have injuries, you can fly people in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's yeah. just a COVID backup and everything. So it's a good excuse to bring an A team across. And teams like West Indies and Pakistan, especially, well, outside of the big three, nobody has the money to extensively take A tours. I just wonder if it's being subsidized through ICC during this year to allow for bigger squads to be there and make it a bit more purposeful. So the smaller countries are jumping on it and maximizing the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, if you look at Pakistan's white ball for uh, like T20 team and test, I mean, there's a contrast. I mean, hardly apart from two or three players, others are like completely different. So the team which played in Fungarai was potentially Pakistan's test team, you know, uh, yeah. the exception of Fame Ashraf, you know. Um, yeah. But everyone else played. So I guess, like, in that, keeping that in mind, they have to bring a test team and a T20 team. So yeah. what they've done is just swap the players, you know. And you know, no, 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 actually, they have, yeah, they've given them extend, extended games because now I think Pakistan A is playing T20, T20 games, they play yeah. in ND now or something, yeah, they're playing Wellington tomorrow, yeah, and then, then they're playing next week, they're playing uh, in Christchurch, I think, against New Zealand A2 games, so yeah. that's kind yeah. of their because Pakistan played the white ball games first up, so yeah. the players, the Pakistan white ball specialists are playing for Pakistan yeah. right now. So yeah, so it's extended opportunities and, yeah, I think it's a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so let's back to our test match here anyway. Um, so obviously New Zealand bowled out for 400-odd and then Pakistan in, um, came in, the openers came in with a few tricky overs to survive um, mm -hmm. at the end of the day there, which, you know, they just about got through, we just unfortunately lost the one wicket right at, towards the end of the day to um two meter Kyle and um um then this um unfortunately I didn't get chance to see a lot of the um first session this morning where I think they lost another three or five was it four wickets I think before lunch um but unfortunately I got dragged out to the wall by the wives um and the daughter but um so and then um, I've got to stop you there. Yeah, dragged out to the mall by the wives. How many wives? Oh, sorry, you sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. I'm just including my daughter in that. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one boss. Ladies, yeah, ladies, yeah, yeah, the ladies. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but yes, back, um, yeah, Pakistan sort of bowled out. Um, I think just in the last over of the day today, avoiding the follow-on, obviously, um, and that. But we saw some a really good partnership there between Rizwan and uh, Faham. Is it? Fahim Ashraf. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah, which brought Pakistan's innings around and, you know, they added plenty of fight, you know, obviously there. Um, how can you summarise that sort of set, uh, first innings from Pakistan and the bowling effort from New Zealand? It's a it's a strange one because you, you've got all the runs scored by, number, by, by, by seventh and eighth in the batting order. You got to say your batsman failed, and your your, your bowler and wicketkeeper saved. Oh, they, they're yeah. six and seven, aren't they? They had a night watchman there, so they oh, they yeah. last yeah. Of defense. Yeah, yeah. We had the night watchman from the other night when um, they lost the first wicket. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So not quite, but still, I mean, there was you know a lot of fight shown there by those two guys, and you know, again another tough day in the field for New Zealand, which. They didn't really, you know, have to do against the West Indies. And um, just towards the end of the day there, was there a bit of frustration creeping out? I don't know if you saw, saw that, um, Taryn and Taz, with Mr Wagner um, maybe losing a bit of his call or of getting a, there's a bit of niggle there, it seemed, in the team with those poor uh, overthrows? Or is that just a bit of by-play between the boys? Oh, I'm not sure. Well, he did. He is playing with a um, broken toe, isn't he? So it's probably a little bit more grumpier than usual. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting, wasn't it? Just obviously, you you see the dead coolness of the team, you know, led by Captain Cool himself. But yeah. even he he seemed a little bit um, angst when that sort of happened, um, just from the facial expressions that we got in the glimpses there. Yeah. Pat, what do you reckon? Um, what I don't know about this incident in particular, but generally, I think Pakistan uh, batted unlike Pakistan. Like, uh, I think they were, I mean, they were 80 after 60 overs or like, you know, I mean, that's not. Uh, I know New Zealand bowling is good, uh, but I mean, on that surface, it wasn't like it was doing sideways, you know. I mean, 80 runs of 60 overs is uh, you just go in your shell, you know, and that probably sort of didn't help, you know, I mean, um Openers, yeah, your opener's job is to see off the ball, which is fine. But in the middle overs, obviously, Jameson bowled uh, 13 maidens. I mean, he's, he's a decent bowler. But, I mean, if you're scored, like, your top six score, like, you know, 80 or 60 overs, it's got to be extremely good track or, mm. like, for bowling. Or it's there has to be some sort of, uh, like, I'm not saying negative, but some sort of... Um, like Pakistan going in the shell. Um, yeah. They were, at one know. point, they were like runnable. They were well, running over, sorry. Yeah. They were 30 or 35 or something off like 30 overs. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the thing is, if you don't put away bad balls or half bad balls, you're never going to put away good balls, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, I think it just helps bowlers to set their lines. If you miss out on a short one, which is there to put away, and you let it go once or twice, the bowler kind of understands maybe it's not the it's not the right length for that pace and just starts bowling better. So I think, I mean, I mean, haven't seen every single ball, but I can assure you that they've missed out on a few boundary options there. Uh, I mean, yeah. opportunities there. And that's what probably um, just, I mean, 60, 80 runs of 60 balls. 
I mean, a 60 overs, I mean, that's not a track. <laughs> you know, it's a good track, but I mean, you can't say that sort of, you know, um, and it's just when Rizwan and um, the lefty sort of rotated the strike and started playing shots, then obviously mm. Pakistan picked up. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a comment from um, the commentators there. I'm not sure if it was McMillan or Richardson saying something about, you know, you've got to show um, when Rizwan was batting there with the partnership that, you know, they're showing good intent um, yes. in their batting, whereas earlier maybe we didn't see that intent. Look, I mean, Ross Taylor and Ken Williamson sort of ate up balls as well early on, but they yep. went on to score big, you know. I mean, it's not like, you know, they've scored 100, like, 20 runs of 200 or 120 balls or 100 balls or whatever. So, I mean, I guess, like, you know, you in the first, obviously, it's a survival. Then you sort of look for singles and then you put away bad balls. So there's a progression. But it looked like Pakistan missed out. Um, I wouldn't believe that in 60 overs they haven't bowled many bad boundary balls or, like, you know, many balls that you can take a single on or you can put them away. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Do you think they were caught up in how... Well, they oh, two things. Did they already have a set way of, oh, this is New Zealand, this is how we're going to play, this is our template? Or did they see what Kane and Ross did and they thought, oh, okay, that's the way to do it, let's try and do that, but got caught up in this survival mindset and forgot to score runs? I, it could possibly be. I'm not sure. Obviously, Yunus Khan is their coach, and he was, he was someone who was like, he wasn't the fastest scorer, like, you know, but he would still... He knew how to get off strike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he knew how to get off strike. So, he was not necessarily the best, sort of, fastest scoring test batsman, but he knew when to take those quick singles or when to hit the gaps or, you know, when to go over the top if needed. So, um, I'm not too sure. It probably they, they tried to use the sort of the obviously New Zealand template, but they went on to score big, you know. Uh, the mm. two batsmen who did eat up balls early on went on to score big. So, yeah, now I wonder if so, the next thing is come out. Uh, what's that? Sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, Derek. Hey, I was just like, going to say, where do you think we see the test match going from here? Obviously, New Zealand come out tomorrow morning to bat again. Um, what are we, day three today, weren't we? So with two days left, where do you, where do you, what do you think will be New Zealand's sort of intent tomorrow morning as far as scoring? Quick runs or play yourself in and then try and score some runs in the session and a half and then put Pakistan back in again? Yeah, I think they, or my guess would be um, they would want to get another 150. That's day four, right? So they'd want yeah. to get 150, give them about 350 out to chase or three, yeah, 300 something to chase. I'd, I'd like 350 just to be a little bit and then have a crack at them half an hour before tea and give themselves four sessions to bowl them out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you need at least four sessions because with Wagner's tour, I don't know, he, he may or may not bowl in the second innings, if, if, you know, depending on how bad it is. There's fractured. I don't know if he will carry on bowling, you know. So, and uh, Setner, obviously, um, again, like, you know, he might might be needed to bowl more and we'll see mm -hmm. how, how he goes. Uh, but I uh, think personally, I... I think you need four sessions. Yeah, I think a draw is on the cards. If I was a betting man, I'd put a draw. I'd put I'd put money down for a draw, because, yeah, I mean that's me giving Pakistan a lot of credit. But um, that's the second new ball. I think will become big, 
because you have your first half now, you know, you break it down. It's half now. You need to get through the tee. And then you force Satna to come in and bowl a lot of overs and say, look, let's let your spinner win you the game by not getting wickets. Now is the time to go defensive. Yeah. Actually, don't do try and chase think, the game. Yeah. And do you think Satna's the guy who's going to bowl a team out? He's good enough to. And if, he, if he's ever going to do it anywhere, it's probably at over there because he plays a lot of his cricket there. Right? But Pakistan, if Pakistan play out the overs, there'd be a strong chance of winning the test. Yeah, I guess, like, I think, like, Pakistan has to have a sniff to go for yeah. the runs. So, if if they they give them target more than 350, um, you know, it just changes the the direction the game is going on. And, and then you're right, if Pakistan sort of try to play a draw or, you know, if they've got four sessions to defend, uh, to bat through. I mean, if they're not going for runs, I mean, I guess you know, there's a chance they can actually play out. But I mean, realistically speaking, I mean, I mean, I think the game should be over before T or you know, before T on day five. You know? and oh, really? You know, you're not backing them at all. I, I am. What I'm trying to say is like, you know, how they batted in the first innings, based on yeah. that. You know, I mean, yeah. You you need you need like someone like um, because I think for what Alan would be playing for his place. Um, mm. You know, he's only one in the batting order I can think of that probably will be dropped for next test match if he doesn't do well. So you never know, he might pull. I mean, he's scored enough for South France. He's the one who's probably got his most experience for South figure in the lot. So yeah. you never know, he, in the middle order, he, he, he sort of does something special. Azur Ali sort of warms up and sort of gets better as the series progresses, but it's only a two test match series. So yeah, after the series is lost. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. it's just. Yeah, sorry, sorry, T. I was just alluding to whether you, you know, to me, I, I wasn't a hundred percent certain whether Satner was the spinner to have in the team. Um, to me, I. Well, AJ is injured, right? No, he's. I think he's not match fit. Like yeah, when he yeah. was deemed when this game started, he didn't have any games under his belt. Yeah, that's right. I think he wasn't match fit. He wasn't test match fit. I, I think that's how I read it in the media. Yeah. He's fit, he's playing, but he needed game time. Uh, so he probably he looked, lack he of game time. pretty good against yeah. the CD last night, bowling his four overs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But again, it's but four yeah. overs, though. Like, it's like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 34 um, overs in a day. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm and you're bowling you know. darts. And you're just bowling darts. So it's yeah. fine. You know, you don't need to be doing much. But... Yeah, look, I think, and similar to uh, Fawad Alam, Satna, not that it's his last saloon or anything, but he'd also want to make a point, if he's interested in test cricket, that he'd also have to justify his inclusion to vie for that spot. Because yeah. this Ajaz comes back. I don't know if we don't have any more test cricket after the second test, but um, yeah. yeah, they so, need... So, yeah. yeah um, Bangladesh is one day, Australia is one day, so there's no text cricket left. Yeah. So if he wants to be yeah. on those second spinner positions, I think he needs to. It's a good opportunity for him as well to try and win a test match. Yeah. What about um, I'll go back um, to to the batting just quickly. Um, opening position for New Zealand. Um, I think obviously Latham's secure, but the other the other spot. Um, you know, does London justify his position as as the opener? You know, I mean, 
albeit he is a makeshift opener. Mm. What do you reckon, Tess? Yeah, well, I guess, like, I mean, like, yeah, it, it was never never looked like a long term thing, and but they yeah. they stuck to him. I mean, Australia obviously looks good on the back foot, and like you know, he plays his shots and everything, which is good. But he's not an out and out opener. So you've got like uh, I don't know I mean um, the CD captain what's his name? Well young, well young, and uh, I think he was in the mix. And uh, but I mean, is Latham okay to keep? You know, I mean that's another thing. You know, if if Blundell sort of uh, doesn't play, who will keep? Uh, oh, he's not yeah. keeping. So he's So I I think that's a pretty straightforward thing, and they probably. Um, I was surprised because Pakistan does these things. If in a, for makeshift guys does something, they stick to him. But I was surprised yeah. that New Zealand has done it. Um, I'm sure the selectors would have seen something, which obviously um, I've I, we haven't, you know. But I personally yeah. think I didn't think it was a long term thing. I thought it was just a one off or maybe two, three test matches, and that's it. But uh, they're giving him enough opportunities. So yeah, there's there's a you get the sense that they are quite loyal to the people that show loyalty. You know, so they do kind of support and nurture from within. And the fact that he's done something, I think there's that you get that extended leash. And it's quite, it seems like it's quite a well-run setup. And, you know, there's a lot of respect and the people get looked after really well once you get into the system. Yeah. But I don't know if there's anyone standing out that's asking, calling out for that spot. The way I see it, I think... BJ Waddling retires. Tom Blunder will come back into the test side and take up number seven. He's almost getting to what, like in a very strategic way. What he's what they're doing here is they've got the allowance to give Blunder the exposure at the top. He gets used to the new ball. When he comes back into the side, when Watling retires, he's facing the second new ball anyway. That's true. He's got test experience, you know. So he actually comes. It falls in nicely in a long-term plan. And then Conway is the other option. He'll come in and take the gloves and he'll probably push everyone out. If Rachin Ravindra come through and Bull Young come through, yeah. Rachin Ravindra then becomes your left arm spinner. Bad opening bat who bowls a bit of spin. Devin Conway could take the gloves potentially. And then it allows for you to play Bull Young. So they've I mean they've got a lot of options now. But the thing is late I mean, like uh, Tom is is thirty, isn't he? So, I mean, I guess, like, you know, if you're doing that to a younger player, I could see that. Like, you know, say someone like Glenn Phillips, who can keep, or, you know, sort of. Um, but yeah. I, mean, this, I'm, I was surprised that they're, they're showing that much faith, opening the batting. I think he did a great job and he scored 100 batting at seven or six or seven down the order in one of the test matches early on. I think on he debut. Opened, he? And on debut, he scored 100. Um, uh, yeah. Latham, oh, not, not Latham, sorry. Blundell scored 100 batting at seven, I think, or six. Seven, I think. So, oh, I thought mean, it was opening, sorry. No, he's, no, no, he's, he's, he's got his century against Aussie opening when he came from. Okay, that's yeah. against Australia, yeah. The first one yeah. before that. That is the first one. That is his first. That was his first 100, sorry. That was, yeah. Okay. That's his only 100. No, he's, he's got no 200s. Other, yeah. He's got 200s. Is he? Oh, he's yeah, got yeah, one against West Indies, sorry. He's got one against West oh, Indies. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, that's on debut. Yeah. Sorry, yes, that wasn't on debut. Yeah. And that was that's down the order, right? Yeah, that's on debut against West Indies. Yes, and that was oh, down was the order, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably came in from DJ. Yeah, but I, mean, yeah. but I guess there would be some strategic sort of thing behind it, as as Taron said that you know, even if you bat at number seven, he probably will be facing the second new ball. 
So mm. they're kind of giving him. Um, but I mean, like opening is a quite an important position, though. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, don't experiment yeah. like that position for too long. But um... oh, good. Yeah, look, he just as I say, just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah but um, I mean, good. Mate, just finishing up on that Pakistan thing. I think Pakistan could almost learn a lesson from the way Sri Lanka approached their innings. They look to score runs. Yes. And they've got overseas success in South Africa. Like, I looked at the score overnight and I thought, holy hell, like, they've done really well here to get to 340-odd in a day against South Africa. Yes, it's a, not the same South Africa they, we know, but that still takes a lot of scoring. Yeah. And I think, that, I think that attitude and the mindset is probably missing at the moment with Pakistan. But so, like, that's the other test match going on. I was quite impressed. They're obviously injured, a lot of injuries, It'll probably be a tough test for Sri Lanka from here on in. Yeah. But again, that's turning into a quite a nice test match. Yeah, you guys want to just there's a good segue, you just want to carry on into that because <laughs> that's what I was about to bring up. <laughs> I haven't seen any of it, so I yeah, I, I've just been following the scores and stuff. Obviously yeah. they've got two injuries, but the fact that there was three hundred and forty runs scored on day one, and then another 380 on day two. Goes to show real intent from Sri Lanka but um, with the bat, but also how thin that they are now with the ball. They've lost mm -hmm. to Seema as well. Okay. And they, I think all up, they probably have a handful of test caps between them of what's left on the bowling unit anyway. So I think it'll be a tough yak for them. Mm -hmm. Did you see anything? I didn't. I mean, obviously, timing is not great for us, you know, yeah. for these test matches. But I mean, I guess like the tracks from what I saw, the tracks were like so obviously good pace in it, and yeah, you have more scoring options on a on a, on a quicker track, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah, just give people a quick, quick run as to what the situation is. Uh, so Sri Lanka scored three hundred and ninety six in their first innings with uh, De Silva. Uh, retired Hurt, um, uh, who was batting at number five in the order. Um, and then um, we lost um, Kasun Rajitha um, after 2.1 overs. Again, the, the, the bowling injury there. Uh, and uh, South Africa, 317 for four um, at the moment. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, that'll be interesting to see what happens in that um, test match mm. as well, won't it? Yeah. I mean, like sometimes, sometimes when you, you mean, know, if the track plays that well on day one, sometimes it gets, you know, but, but it looks like it's going to go to day four, day five, day five <laughs> at least. So, I mean, you don't know what a good track is like four days later. I don't know. But I mean, if, if it's a fast scoring track now, we'll be seeing yeah. how it sort of holds up. It might on day five, it might, <laughs> might favor Sri Lankans again, you know, um, Sort of um, South Africa. Yeah, they, they don't have they don't have Herat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if they take the game into day five, they don't have the little man. Yeah, yeah. Again, they've picked him out of uh, the Sri Lankan Premier League LPL. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So again, a lot of countries are doing that. Eh? They they're going from LPL straight into the national side. But I think we're. And you could argue India started the trend by IPL and then into the Indian Reckoning. But India's got quite a established A program. So yes. from the IPL, you go into a India A, then they kind of see where you stack up. And then you get pushed in. But here, these other countries don't have an A program. So they're going straight from the 
Premier League status I'll straight put to it that way. They don't have the funds for eight programs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that'd be poor correct, I'd say. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a um, they don't have a Mr. Rahul Dravid looking after the A program and telling yes, the yeah. uh, the board what he wants. <laughs> yeah, uh, not a bad guy to have running your high performance uh, program. No, that's true. That's true. Hey guys, let's um, move on to um, the local scene here where we've had our t20 competition kick off and we've had two rounds um and it seems like wellington looked pretty strong from the, the games that i've seen and unfortunately um from where we reside and uh um the aces gee they seem to be really struggling this season don't they in all formats as far as i can see um there's something not quite right with them and the talent they've got and everything but um yeah have you got did you get a chance to pick up any of the t20 so far um i didn't watch any but i've been watching the scores only i don't yeah yeah i, yeah, I just don't watch any cricket other than the international stuff or test cricket <laughs> but um yeah i've been watching the scores i think india is just light eh? oh yeah auckland yeah, sorry auckland. it's just light yeah and I saw a photo the other day. I'll tell you who they are. Danaru Ferns, Ollie Pringle, Will O'Donnell, um, and Brad Rodden, plus one other person, all debuted the yeah. other day. Yeah. There's Ryan Harris as well. Ryan Harris, that's it. There yeah. you go. There's five yeah. guys debuting in T20 cricket. That's That's massive. That's isn't that, isn't that interesting because I was watching the um the Firebirds and the Aces T20 game, and we had a couple of commentators there having a real dig at it, the Auckland um selectors and that, especially because opening for Wellington was a young gent by the name of Finn Allen who was smashing yeah. the ball to all parts of the ground, and um yeah the, the comments were, well if you're gonna pick guys who are young. You got to show them some faith, and you got to stick with them. And you know, obviously, um, the comments coming back was from the um, the commentators was that obviously Palat and Allen feel very comfortable in the Firebird scene. They've made him feel like he's at home, and told him you're here for the long term. You just go out and play your game. And you know, um, it was a real dig coming in at the Auckland. Scene. Who were the commentators? Uh, I was just trying to remember what I was saying. <laughs> Grant Elliott? Uh, well, no, Craig, Craig, yeah, I think, yeah, Grant Elliott was, and Craig Cumming was the other one. Um, and obviously, I uh, there was uh, yeah, a lady, I'm not, I think Frankie. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, you know, coming. I guess it you know, depends what you would say is like. Playing, Auckland is Auckland is so big. I mean, I mean, you should give them two teams. You know, the, what happens is like Jimmy Nisham, heaps of guys who kind of like Taron obviously went to CD because, uh, or like other guys who move on to other associations because in Auckland, like you know, you don't. It's not like we've got like a lot of talent, but the thing is, we've got a lot of players. You know, <laughs> and I think it makes it quite sort of like it's like Otago, right? Like so, a lot of guys from Auckland or other cities or other towns sort of settled in Otago or go to smaller associations. Wellington seems to be, a, like, obviously, it's the capital, but it's a reasonable-sized city. 
So it's it's not like there are heaps of players sort of knocking the doors. Uh, I'm not for sure. Um, I don't know if it's too many players or too much cricket here in Auckland. Karen? Um, well, look, I think I... I mean, I've got to be careful what I say, <laughs> but um, yeah, but um, the, it's five debutants also in one game. I'd like, like as a supporter of Auckland cricket, I'd like to know why the need. How did what happened that there's a lot of people there, the high performance and planning and selectors, etc. How did Auckland Aces as a team or an organization get themselves into a situation where they needed to hand out five debuts a planning gone wrong b is it pure arrogance that you're not no longer focused on winning you're just developing players because you've let go of two of your most successful senior players in the winter which was mitchell mcclanahan and ronnie hero so you've kind of put yourself into a bit of a hole by letting go of some experience to want to develop players. I don't know what is the purpose of this team. Is this is your flagship team there to win, consistently win? Or is it developing players first to the black caps and that's what you're judged on? Is this just a glorified high performance program? I mean yeah, I guess so like they've obviously team. lost uh, Colin Monroe to Big Bash. Yeah. I'm not sure what's happening with Guptill. Um, he's injured, so I think. He's injured, he's I think. injured as a thumb still. Yeah, I think he's, he's got a slight Yeah, so they're light on that front. But yes. Munro was, when his Black Caps things um, dried up, he was always going to go to Green and Pastures, right? He was going to play some yeah. high quality cricket elsewhere. Because yeah, he's so a And, and obviously, player. we lost G to ND, end of last season. Yeah, and you got Mitch McClanagan. And you got Mitch McClanagan bowling for Otago today. So, so this is the question again. You let go of Ajit Raval, but you hand out a debut to, and I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you what my arguments are going to be here. Um, you hand out a debut to a gentleman who is 32 years of age, Brad Rodden. He's played, um, he's played six T20s. He's obviously played for Otago, and Otago is not the toughest team. To get in, yeah. To get in. Yeah, as a local, and he's moved up here. Don't get me wrong, lovely guy and all that. But you let go of a current test opener at the time, or you he's may, he's felt that he needed to move on to other teams, and yet you're handing out Davis. Like, hang on, are you developing youth? Because you've told Ronnie Hero, who's 33, 34, I think, that he's no longer needed, but you're picking 32-year-olds. Which one is it? Yeah. You know, what? what is it? Because if you want to develop youth, then there's Aditya Shok, who's 18, 19, now named in the New Zealand Selection 11, I believe, against Pakistan. So there's guys there. Pick them if you really, you hand out a contract to a 28-year-old yeah. who's not played any cricket. So which one is it? That's where I'm a little bit confused as to what their direction is. So I wasn't very careful with what I was saying there, I suppose. <laughs> Gone off and said what I really thought. <laughs> hey, and, you know, that's, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's good to have those opinions because, you know, obviously we are, you know, being from the um, 
the Auckland region. We are Aces fans. We want to support the Aces. But when you I see, just don't know. Yeah. yeah, when you see these things happening, you sort of question. You, you know, you, 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 obviously you carry on backing the team no matter what the results. But it just, you, you know, as I say, and then you hear commentators on this and their ex players, and you know, I mean, Grant Elliott, I, I, you know, I, I guess I've listened to his comment, you know, his comments and that, and he seemed to say some good stuff in there. Um, Craig coming, um, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's 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 interesting that they were they were it was openly a big dig, and we looking at um, the other grandchild was sitting next to me at, at home here. He was here, and we were both looked at each other and said, "Should are they having a dig at Auckland?" It's <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's tricky because I'm sure the coaches from had a plan for Finalen which he didn't think was correct for him. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure the coaches had a plan for him, you know, wanting to get him set up. So it's not, I don't think anybody's surprised Finalen is playing the way he is. And I think Finalen would have played just as well in Auckland because he didn't have a great start to the season. You've got to understand, you know, I think he picked up, started off with a handful of ducks. Yeah. Yeah. In the, yeah. the Red Bull competition. So he's only just coming into his own. Yeah. So it's no surprise that he's playing well, but yeah, I'm sure there was a plan for him. It's a, it's a bit it's a big loss because you invested in him, or he's one of your own homegrown players, and he's gone off. Carl Jamieson, yeah. not really your homegrown player because he's a Canterbury product, yeah. and you kind of he's helped you ride the term for um, four day stuff. He's won you a few games on his own. Yeah, yeah, it's just but yeah. I think overall, if you if you finish off on Auckland, I think they are. Injury stricken at the moment. Lockies and the Martins are away, so the front line cream's gone. Some of the guys have moved on, so it's a big transition uh, rebuilding phase. Yeah, I guess like I mean, I was coaching. I was assistant coach for Auckland under 19s 2015-16. Yeah. So from that yeah. lot, I mean, um, like I think the left armor from Takapuna, he's in the Foster mix. He's playing a, yeah, he's playing a few games. Um, but I'm like, I need to get Parikh. I mean, good example. Like, I thought he would, he's someone you would probably invest in. He's still 22, yeah. 23, but he just lost a contract after one season. So I guess, like, um, from that lot, I think Glenn Phillips was always going to go up. So, you know, mm. with his exception, there, there are not that many players who went on to play a lot of A games and then obviously um, through the Aces setup. So, I mean, as Terrence said, like, you're, like the new guys who are coming in their late twenties or early thirties, you know, which is uh, to my surprise is, is probably not an investment, you know, because it's a short, it could be short term thing, but I mean, you definitely, if you want to give opportunities or if you want to develop players, it's got to be guys in early twenties, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Short, but if it's a short term thing, then why wouldn't you hold on to your international class with Mitchie and Ronnie's? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, that's I mean, where Mike, uh, I. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, and I'm no doubt there's a, bit, a lot more backstory to it that us don't, you know. Don't, the, we don't know, the, yeah. That's yeah, true. we don't know. But, yeah, it's just, it's baffling when you let go of such high-quality players, but yet you're picking older players. So, yeah. But good on them for getting the opportunity. Though, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, um, just obviously by 
was able to bring up last week. Um, I'm going to well, yeah, go so local and we're running out of time, are we, Paul? Or just very quick, and we're not here having to go with the players. Hey, if you if 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 me at 46, if I got the opportunity, how I'd grab it and go for it. But yeah, yeah, but you, it's it, it's yeah, you say it's the selections and things, and and it's something you see in rugby as well. It's, it's the big city Auckland is again. Um, oh, I have to go play for X club to be picked for the um for the Auckland rugby side, and people are like, well, hang on, why is that and that kind of situation? So it's and they there are always claims of yeah, too many players to find the good ones. Uh, it's too much noise. You're like, well. Mm-hmm. well Auckland, sure. though, I do think needs a say next T20 team. Not needs it, but I think they could do with a second T20 side. Yeah, I mean, Simon the North Auckland franchise. Yeah. I think that's, there's a program in itself about um, how, and I think we've had that discussion, Taryn, about what we think, uh, how a T20 or how the Super Smash should be a franchise, proper franchise uh, team rather than the district teams but that could be a show in itself couldn't it i think that discussion yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should also the um the the um the women's games as well um because yeah. again they've had those rounds so um the uh, wellington firebirds i'm uh, sorry now the wellington blaze um beat the auckland hearts comfortably um and then went on to beat the central hinds comfortably as well um by uh, well by eight by yeah by nine wickets um in both those mm-hmm. games so they are looking like the team to beat early doors. Um, the Auckland Hearts came back to beat the Otago Sparks um, today, uh, 156 for three, bowling the Otago Sparks out for 119, so a 37 win, win there. But um, boy, the um, Wellington Blaze looking pretty formidable early doors on the women's side. Yeah, look, I was, I caught a little bit of the um, on um, uh, the hat. Hearts and the Wellington Blades game um, before the um, the uh, men's game and that and yeah that Wellington Firebirds uh, sorry Blades team looked really impressive and that you know I think they virtually look like a, a sort of a class above most of those other um, teams but let's see what obviously comes through the the season but yeah they i think canterbury them. magicians canterbury magicians i mean they bought bats yeah. off me so i must mention them so i must mention them i think they've got they've got like um experienced players there um, obviously, Frankie plays, and then Kate, um, Kate Abraham. So they've got. Yeah. Th- I think they will be uh, up for it against uh, Wellington uh, when when it comes. I think they're playing. Um, they're playing CD first up, and then. So I think that's another good team. Yeah, uh, they're, they're in action tomorrow morning um, from uh, sorry tomorrow afternoon from twelve thirty uh, against Otago Sparks down in Alexandra, for, folks. So if you want to get down to um, Molyneux Park for that game. Um, and uh, see some Taz bats, bats in action. Uh, against, uh, no, I think the team seems to beat is Wellington, Canterbury, and then Auckland. Well, Auckland as well, but Wellington, Canterbury are the two big teams with Auckland. And yeah. Auckland obviously had a bit of a dip in form this year or hasn't started off as well as they'd like. Yeah, that, these guys, I think, have more experience. Like your, what's her, Sophie Devine, man. She's going to carry that side. Yeah. Mm. And yep. then you've got a couple of older girls in Canterbury as well that probably carry that side. I'm not so sure if Auckland has it. I was, 
I wanted to mention that um, young girl who's 14 or who got a 100 or a 500. Yeah, Ch Chandler. From Wellington, eh? Yeah. yeah. Chandler? Yeah. On debut. I'm pretty sure she got a five for eight days. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't watch any of the highlights or any of the wickets, but I read about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if her dad was the opening batsman who used to bat for. There was a guy, gentleman called Chandler in the late 90s, early 2000s, left-handed opener. I want to say Phil Chandler, but maybe I'm thinking of the guy from French, but I know there was a Chandler who opened the yeah. batting for Wellington. Oh, could, could possibly I wonder, be. Yeah, it could be a sort of like an Aegis era. Yeah, and the city as well, the same. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool if it is his daughter or a relation. Are you sure you got the name right? Chandler, yeah. Okay. Because I can't see her on the scorecards for well for either Wellington game so far. Oh, she definitely played recently. Yeah. It's on the end. Well, well, you're, you're, you're not thinking the under um, what's the tournament that they've been playing recently? Is it the under 17s or? Nah, no. Nah. There's, there's an under 19s tournament going on as well. Women's under 19s. Nah, it's not that. No. Okay. It wouldn't make yeah. cricket for it. Yeah. Be quite. Um, I don't know with uh, Taryn or Tez whether you guys got a uh, maybe a couple of connections where maybe we can get a couple of the girls onto the show, and that just or maybe Paul can get down, can do an interview because that'd be quite good to get a different perspective, obviously. And a, um, Taz, get the get the Taz deal. Use Taz one of those on there for us. <laughs> I can ask, I can't guarantee that. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's I all. Can ask. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I think the Canterbury is coming up uh, next weekend. Or okay. on the yeah. I think so I'm catching up with them when they're here. So I can ask and we'll see. <laughs> there we go. That's cool. So, all right. So there's obviously a lot. We're in the thick of the cricket season. There's a, I think, before Paul came in, I was just going to allude since we've got both of you gentlemen on on today um was i was going to talk locally about a bit of t20 uh club cricket there and oh, obviously yeah. we've got a christmas break at the moment but just before the um we went into the break um certain club that we're associated with has been standing out in the performances out of there in the field there and obviously both of you gentlemen are involved in that um and obviously contributing to those results that have come through you know um great to see it's it's been a good competition that the club t20 cricket competition guys it has you know how competitive is it is we've seen some aces in there you know from the different clubs or in that what do you reckon Des? How do you? Oh, look, I mean, Taryn has been, he's been obviously doing well and playing all the games. I think I missed one of them. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's quite intense. I mean, the games were like well fought. For the games we've seen or we've sort of, we were playing on number two. So, the teams which are playing number one, all the games we played last weekend look close. Right, Taryn? Yeah. 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 Like, they all went into the last over, didn't they? Yeah. Like, Michael Barry, who's a former Aces player, defended seven in the last over against East Coast Base. So that would be the last over. We went into the late into the 19th over. Then the same in the previous rounds as well. We won in the last over and 
same with um, Takapuna, one in the last over. So, yeah, it's I think it's a really good competition, and it's quite evenly fought. Like everyone's beaten everyone, so it's quite an open competition. Someone like Ronnie Hira is still playing in it. So it'll be interesting. I know the Aces probably going to a bit of a break after the third of Jan. So there is a window there that a lot of the Aces might play in the last rounds, if possible. So you could see, yeah, it could be quite an interesting competition. Like, obviously, great for us that we've managed to upset a couple of people, which probably opens up our competition furthermore, our pool anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, obviously going into the Christmas break, the pool we're in, I can't, uh, sorry, when I say we, QMU is in, um, QMU leads that pool, which is, hey, isn't that terrific to be in that position? Um, and, that, and hopefully, you know, we can continue to form on into the um, second half of the season. But it's definitely worthwhile, those people that are, you know, listening in to us or viewing us here on the interweb to go down to your local cricket grounds and that because you're going to see some really good T20 competition um, out there. And I think we it's re-kicks off back on the 6th of Jan, doesn't it? Is it? Or yes. Yes, 6th of Jan, we, the first it's game. That's the evening game, 5.30 starts. Yeah, yeah. So that's a Wednesday, 5.30. And then I think the, the same. Uh, on the Sunday, there's a double double header as well as... Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to go find um, buy some uh, Voltarans and <laughs> some celebrates <laughs> and a few painkillers for that weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, yeah, if, if any of our viewers out there are happen to be physios and that, you might be worthwhile going down to uh, yeah. definitely to our game for sure. Please volunteer <laughs> your time for the community. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good thing to volunteer for the community is guaranteed. Your doctor is willing to write a script as well for some votes for some old players. <laughs> some old, what about some up and young, up and coming guys in there? Have you, have you sort of come across sort of anyone standing out up and coming in there? Obviously, we've got um, Aditya that, that I know of as far as the spinners go in that, but. Anyone else sort of standing out, boys? I think the youngest standout is probably from our team. It's easy for us to say, but the opening bowler from our team is a young Jay Patel who's 17 years of age, is all of five foot four or five in height. Um, and he's been the, I think he's in the top three wicket takers in the Premier T20 competition, somehow overlooked for the Auckland under 19s. <laughs> so, you know, it baffles me, but he's 100% been the key one of the main reasons why we've had such a good consistent competitive campaign with the ball so he's probably been a big standout other than that i haven't seen many other standout players like jones from takapuna matt jones he does really well consistently he's been good um um birkenhead They've been consistently good as well. I think they've beaten quite a few teams. Yes, yeah, mm. they have. They've lost one game, so same as us, but they've lost two suburbs and they beat oh, yeah. the other team. So, I mean, uh, yeah, they've been, they're a surprise package. I mean, I guess like we were a surprise package, but yeah, they're doing so well. Is you know, it's uh, I think the bottom mm. of the table is uh, Waitakere. 
Yeah. So they haven't won a game, and then North Shore, and then Hibiscus. So it's a it's a well fought uh, pool. Ours is, anyways. Yeah, and the other one's quite a open pool. I think you'll probably have Ellerslie fizzle out, and then you'll have everyone else be having the ability to beat each other. Yeah. I think Cornwall's quite weak in the T T Twenty formats. Okay. Yeah. Eden yeah. Oscar will make a bit of noise. Yeah, but yeah. No, it's been it's it's been a good it's a good comp, and I think it's credit to Auckland cricket. They could yeah. potentially put that double header weekend a week earlier, so people can have Christmas parties as well, though. So I think they need to factor that in. That's a big financial thing for the clubs to bring all the club together and actually celebrate the season, which you couldn't do because your premier and the reserve teams were playing T Twenty cricket, so it was tough. Yeah. I know a lot of clubs weren't happy with that scheduling side. But, yeah, other than that, it's been a good comp. That's good to hear. So, Paul, we, I think we've pretty much discussed a lot of stuff there and that, and we're getting to the end. Paul, you're, you're on mute. mute. You're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> also, I got down to Parnell versus old Grafton. blank. Grafton uh, the other weekend and did some post-match interviews um, from their T20. We'll, we'll try and get around a few more of those club games and get some more interviews done um, for the Auckland Cricket Comp um, as well. It was, uh, had a cracking day there. Lovely evening. Um, if you, yeah, Wednesday evening in the sunshine, watching a game of, watching a game of T20, it's a fantastic way uh, to spend your Wednesday evening. Thank you very much, Arun. Um, no and and sure, uh, I just need to, before you shut down, I need to retract my statement. Cornwall's won three out of four games in their pool. So there's not <laughs> weekend competition. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I, I didn't want to say anything because I thought I well, maybe I was I was right up to date on those um, schools, but I thought I saw Cornwall had one. I think in previous days. years, I don't think, yeah, previous years they haven't really prioritised it, but they they're doing really well. Capitoli's at the top in that one as well. Yeah, so yeah, having thought you have a little, little little shot one of the bigger clubs in Auckland um, in in, uh, in Cornwall Park because they, they've got one of the bigger Facebook pages at least anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so i'll be definitely getting on down there always good for a good share is a big facebook page um uh, so um thank you guys um for joining us and uh, we're back next monday obviously with the results from those um test matches a whole host more super smash going on on both the men's and women's side uh, so join us at 8 p.m on monday for the uh swinging from the hip A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 